coconut macadamia? Are you kidding me? It's like the so. Uh, that's like summertime in a bottle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee, and I'm your host, Brian Sheely. Joining me today, as always, is the former home brewing coffee aficionado and now presently the coffee professional of the week, Mr. Brian Becky. Hello. I still brew at home. I've brewed, no, you don't. I've brewed a lot of coffee at home this week. I don't think so. Uh, well, yeah, you had you had a few days off. Well, yeah, and I just got the coffee bar set up because we just moved to Louisville. Louisville. Um, so before we get into the episode and before we actually get into talking about our coffees, I thought it'd be cool if you if you just gave us like a rundown. So you've, you've been a coffee professional for two days. For two days now. Two whole days. Whoa. How has that been? Uh, it's been great. I'm going to like the it's real exciting because there's a lot of new things going on with the Quills Coffee team, and it's cool to be back in Louisville where uh, there's a lot of excitement, especially because, you know, Quills is like a, a a thing I've known about for a while now, right? I mean, it's been oh, yeah. a long, 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 long time ago since the first time I went into a Quills shop, which is no longer there. It's it's not at that lo- a location there anymore. And, um, you know, someone that I'm, I've had experience with for you know, last several years just as a home brewer and just knowing that they're from my hometown and knowing Michael Butterworth and mm-hmm. whatnot. So it's just been really cool. There's a great team of individuals that are, you know, across all the levels of leadership and the baristas and everything there. So I just, I love the culture that's there with Quills. And so I'm I'm super jazzed to be a part of that. And it's it's neat because it's got me just real excited like even today uh towards the end of the evening we were just hanging out with some of the the leadership folks and it's it's i don't know i feel like it's been a while since i've just been able to hear people talk about their lives and Mm -hmm. you know just where they're from i don't know it's i mean it's not that i haven't been around people it's kind of hard to explain but there's just a lot of exciting personalities i'm that i'm excited to know and i i can't remember if I've ta- I told you this in text yesterday or the day before, but like I'm, I just feel like I'm going to be gaining so much from this. So it's just, it just got me real excited. So it, yeah. I mean, it is even more exciting once we got here and kind of got started in it. Cause you know, being back there in Dallas, you have the headache of dealing with packing up and then the actual move itself. But now getting here, planting and driving around the roads and seeing stuff. And today we, Went and checked out where the new cafe and roastery is going to be. So it's just, it's been cool. I mean, so now it's it, it's been a lot of admin-y kind of things, right? I You know, still sure. I have a lot of things ahead of me, so. Right. Well, it's, and so that's actually the interesting question, I suppose. You know, you're, you're going to be responsible at some level in charge of social media and that kind of stuff. Marketing, that, that sort of thing for Quills, right? Right. Yeah. So when uh, when have have we seen any of your photos yet on Quill's feed, or is that yet to come? I mean, because I've seen some pretty pretty uh, sweet shots over the last. You, you know, could well, have. Least, I mean, Michael today. Butterworth's a fantastic uh, photographer as well. Yes, I no, he certainly is. I, I would I hope absolutely. no one would ever know that, that there has been a difference. So <laughs> you all well, tell that's why me because it's not it's not obvious. I mean, we don't see like a marble backdrop. 
you know, in, in your uh, in the quills photos, right? Yet, so yeah, so I I have started uh, taking over some of that stuff. Cool. So very cool. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna get started with the episode like we always do after we chit chat about life and and other such things, and we'll talk about what we've been brewing. So Brian, what you brewing? So I brewed up a really big. This is after kind of talking with you a little bit. Uh, we, I, I got the cone brewer that I've been wanting to kind of really dial in with the ratio. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, talking with you about your grind settings because I hadn't found one that I really loved for the cone on the ratio yet, but also, you know, I've been kind of still playing with batch sizes. And so I brewed up a 70 gram, eleven twenty batch of water mm-hmm. in the ratio with the cone and I, I thought it was a little weaker, so uh, I, this morning I made two different coffees from Populous um, at 75 to 1,200 on the ratio. So I did the El Negro, which is, I probably have this wrong, it's the Colombian, right? Yeah. The new Colombian, which mm-hmm. um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to brewing it on filter. I really liked it on the cone, but I think it just uh, was a little, uh, it didn't lend itself to be as clean as the tasting notes described i ended up getting like kind of a toffee sweetness and kind of uh, a little twist of maybe some mango fruit notes and Mm -hmm. it um it was really nice though it was a nice cup to start the morning with and then i went from that though right into the rafalilo yeah costa rica and that was that's so good and that was really cool now kind of i i mean i went from batch immediately to another batch so like the crossover was a little mm. weird, but then I had that in my travel cup as I went to the shop this morning, and it was really nice. So, I mean, it's kind of, for a Costa Rican, like, it had some really nice fruit notes to it, a little bit of floral. I, I mean, I guess it was just a little bit, I don't want to say it was a delicate coffee, but it was more on the delicate side from a lot of other Costa Rican coffees I've had. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one also. I recently got a chance to give a couple of populist coffees a try. So that was one of them. Yeah. What else? What else you've been drinking? Okay. So, um, it's back. Uh, Ruby, you know, obviously I've got a Ruby subscription. (laughs) So, uh, one of the coffees that, um, there are a few coffees, actually probably three or four coffees from Ruby that were sort of transformational, or just really outstanding coffees in the past couple of years. And so this time around, when I saw the Guji Uraga in the subscription bag, I was really excited. And it has been absolutely a big thumbs up. Uh, all the stuff that I really loved about it from the last time I had it, um, it's it's that sort of peach, just super um, honeyed and I don't know. It's it's just got a ton of like, I probably citrus brightness to it with a bunch of florals all throughout. Just all that stuff you really love about um, about Ethiopian washed Ethiopian coffees around this time of year. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. And I <laughs> I I'm almost done with my little subscription bag, but I've been brewing it left and right, different ways, and iced and hot. And this morning we did it uh, on the ratio before I headed out to work. So. It's a good one. I'm a fan. It's a good one. I remember I have it. I don't remember if I, I have that two years ago. I don't remember. I know I had it last yeah. year. Prop. 
I or last year. I definitely had it two years ago, and and then last year, I think it won the Good Food Award last year. Ah, uh, then I did. I do remember getting that. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna have to put in an order. <laughs> another another good one to again. add to the list. <laughs> well, that's always the fun thing about seeing coffees over and over again. Is you, you know, you kind of have it, have an experience with it from back in in your memory and then you can relive that yeah it does look like i've had it the last two years yeah cool okay so you've moved you're a coffee professional now um one of the things that you are now in very close proximity to is a uh, a really pretty awesome guy who has actually been on a guest on this show um who's got some crazy stuff going on in terms of uh recipes for cold coffee. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about cold coffee. Actually, what's what's really funny is almost exactly a year ago, um, we did an episode on cold coffee. It was episode 19. If you go back into the uh, into the archives at ibrewmyowncoffee.com, episode 19, you'll find uh, our discussion about cold coffee back then. Um, we're going to relive that discussion with all kinds of crazy stuff that's happened since, since then mm-hmm. in the last year with with not just cold brew, but iced coffee, and even some interesting ways of making cold coffee uh, without ice or without, you know, sort of that uh, dilution problem that we had discussed in the, in that episode. Uh, so we're going to talk about iced coffee, uh, cold coffee in general, and uh, hopefully this is the time of the year for it. I don't know if 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 Louisville's anything like Phoenix, but. Uh, it's been upwards of like 115 degrees on average here. It's not so. It's not been that hot, but apparently we did choose the the hottest, you know, weekend thus far. I think I remember to to move. So it has nice. been pretty hot. I think it's kind of cooling down. We've got some showers and stuff, which actually I don't think when I've been out in them has has made it worse. I think it's actually been kind of comfortable. So it has been yeah. warm. It has been warm. Okay, so run down sort of the basics of cold coffee, whether it's cold brew, iced coffee, um, give us sort of a, a background and then we can start talking a little bit about some of the exciting things that have happened, uh, within the last year. Yeah. So, I mean, cold coffee is essentially what it sounds like. It is coffee that is cold, <laughs> but you know, right. a lot of, end of episode, <laughs> but a lot of people and a, a lot of people though, you know, whenever they have a, a hot cup of coffee and it has cooled, they don't like to drink it at that temperature and these i don't know if it's maybe a mindset thing but these are coffees that are specifically prepared in such a way to be consumed cold and to i don't know if all of their purpose is to be refreshing but a lot of the ones that we're going to talk about today are probably going to be a little bit more refreshing than some of the the ones that we've talked about on our last episode when we visited cold coffee okay so you, you cold brew coffee um, one of the big problems with cold brewing is uh, the sort of, I guess, the lack of of complex acidity that you might experience in a coffee. Like when you brew a hot coffee, um, you know, you're getting a lot of these floral notes and a lot of this brightness. And what tends to happen sometimes when, when we brew cold brew um, is you kind of lose that acidity. You, you lose that brightness. You lose the complexity. And, and what a lot of times you end up left with is sort of like a uh, maybe a chocolatey note that per- permeates the cup or you get sort of a maybe muted um, 
brightness and, and and complexity in it and doesn't always highlight the coffee as well as it could um i did i think on episode 19 we talked about hot blooming um do you hot bloom when you cold brew i do and I, to be honest though i've i've kind of gotten away from making cold brew as much because it hasn't really been my style now just to just to bring up though for a lot of people and for a lot of shops i mean it's kind of a a thing to do because there are a lot of people where that that is their drink that's their preferred way of of consuming coffee yeah cool. and and to to follow on to that though too a lot of you know a lot of coffees that are cold brewed um end up in some shops to be kind of like the older coffees or the coffees that maybe are sort of the the leftovers, that's not always the case. You know, I don't intend to overgeneralize there, but, you know, some shops will use cold brew as a way to, like, go through some old stock um, because, it, I mean, essentially, you can cold brew when the coffee is fairly new and you can cold brew when it's fairly old, and there's not a whole lot of, of difference in taste between the two um, for the average person to notice, I think. But it's, so, but it's also easy because almost anybody oh, yeah. can can do it because you go back to a, a lot of folks are doing this with, you know, kind of the old school way. And we most likely mentioned this on episode 19 is use an mason jar, right? Right. And you, you put coffee and water in a mason jar, whether you hot bloom or not, you can let that sit on your counter overnight and then fridge it after the, the period of time that it's, you know, you've left it in contact or you could put it in the refrigerator, whatever it's. And then yeah. after X amount of hours, 12 to you know, plus hours, you've got yourself a drinkable product, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, drinkable straight up or whether you, you use it and you can dilute it with water or milk or a milk substitute or whatever. You have right. a pre-made coffee beverage. Yeah, and, and just to to continue on, I mean, we, we touched on cold, hot bloom cold brew, but really, I mean, the concept between or the, the the main difference between hot blooming a cold brew and just brewing a cold brew straight is you know, the regular recipe for bringing a cold brew is coarse ground coffee, cold water in the fridge for some period of time, and then strain it. The hot bloom version of it, you know, instead of like right off the bat, you add a certain amount of hot water, let it kind of sit and bloom and, and let the, you know, CO2 kind of bubble up to the surface there and, and everything that it does. And then you add the cold water and then you stick it in the fridge. Um, and I've had some good success with that. I've had good success with it on the brewer as well um, and with the, the Kyoto and some other sort of standard slow drip cold brew options also. Now, one thing um, I mentioned on, on the last episode, though, was the coil brewer. Yeah. And so what that was, it was this interesting device where you could, whether you have hot coffee already prepared or you are actively brewing the hot coffee, but then you have like an insulated ice bath that is uh, that there's a coil uh, just tightly rung up, you know, it emits this, this ice bath, and your coffee will go from the top through this tube and, and cool down so the bottom has been chilled already. Right. And what you're doing is um, it's not diluting the coffee because otherwise the another solution that, that some folks prefer is like a Japanese iced coffee method, which is where you're... You're brewing coffee like you generally would if you're doing a pour over or something, but you have you formed your ratio in some sort of way so that it's it's 
being like maybe a concentrate that's kind of um, cut with ice mm-hmm. a little bit. And so it allows uh, more of the flavors that you would get naturally out of a, like a pour over, like some of the cleaner, brighter notes kind of jump. Now doing, you know, with the coil brewer or something, it's going to allow for some of that too. Cause you, you don't, you're not, you're not putting extra ice or anything in contact with the brew at all. It just bypasses right. that. And, and recently you have kind of brought to my attention and you can explain, you know, how it came to your attention too. just kind of in, it's a, essentially the same concept, but not with a, like a having to use a system like the coil, which is yeah. just like flash chilling, crash chilling. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's back up and then we'll get right into crash chilling. And, and I, I do want to say that, you know, obviously you can go back and listen to episode 19 where we talked a lot about sort of the basics. Um, but since then, recently, um, there's been a really good article out uh, by Mistobox. Seth Mills, good friend of the show, over at Mistobox, uh, wrote just a couple months ago a really good, solid rundown of cold coffee um, with some really great photography by a good friend of ours here in town, Ryan Cordwell. And there's just all kinds of information there, whatever you might need to learn how to, to cold brew or uh, flash chill or all these things. Uh, so go check that out. We'll have the link in our show notes. Um, but yes, so I, I ran across this interesting recipe and it's so dead simple that I'm not really sure how I ever missed it in the first place. Um, but I was talking to a friend on a direct message on Instagram and he was saying that one of his favorite ways of making iced coffee now is this method. And he sent me a link to it. Um, it's the barista guild of Europe.com. Um, and it's actually an article by Calais Fries from Sudden Coffee, uh, who wrote a whole thing about comparisons between iced coffee and, uh, diluted coffee and, and what's the preferred, you know, method for a lot of people. And so the, the experiments that they ran were kind of interesting. So if you're a a big nerd and you're into extraction and TDS numbers and all sorts of stuff, you can go <laughs> check that out. But at the very bottom of the article, he gives this really dead simple recipe. And at, at its core, it's basically just brewing a large batch of hot brewed coffee and dumping it into a big one liter mason jar um, and screwing the top on it and throwing it into a giant uh, bucket of ice basically. And so we've got a little gallon, gallon jug full of ice. I'll throw the coffee into the Mason jar, put the lid on top and then dunk the whole thing in there and let it sit for like 10 minutes, throw it in the fridge. The cool thing about what, what happens in that case is, um, it actually seals the jar. Did you get a chance to try it? Um, recently I, I did last night but i made two mistakes well, i'll talk about those after you keep going <laughs> okay so um so yeah you you throw throw it in there and if you're you got to make sure your glass mason jar is uh is fairly sturdy but when you throw it in there it you know obviously changes the the temperature so rapidly that it seals the jar and uh the coffee you know potentially is good in that sealed jar for you know a couple of days at least um in the fridge but yeah, and, and there's just, I brewed some really, really amazing, like I brewed a couple of the Phil and Sebastian Ethiopian coffees in there, just really, uh, you know, that sort of watermelon note that you get on a lot of bags or the melon, that that sweetness that you, 
you kind of pick up in some hot coffees, but I don't know about you, like, I don't eat hot watermelon, <laughs> so when I'm drinking coffee and I, and, and it has notes of watermelon in it, I don't, I don't know, I hardly ever pick it out, but man, it was just singing in this, in this version of it, because it was cold and it was really refreshing. Um, I did the thing have, that he does... I did have pickled watermelon at lunch yesterday. That was the first. Ooh, interesting. Wasn't hot, though. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> that is kind of weird. Um, so the the thing that he does, which a lot of coffee purists are going to are gonna poo-poo or they're going to not enjoy, um, he does two things. He recommends adding 25 grams of white or brown sugar to the one liter batch of coffee that you that you do that you brew um and he he gives some reasons behind it um that once the coffee cools down it becomes more bitter and so the sugar kind of helps offset that bitterness um and then he also recommends putting in like three grams of apple cider vinegar to kind of boost up that acidity a little bit um so far i've enjoyed it without the apple cider vinegar and i've done it with quite a bit less sugar than what he calls out in the recipe so i do it about 10 to 15 grams per one liter batch. Um, and I've, I've found it to be just really great. So what you tried this, what happened? Yes, I did this yesterday. So, uh, actually three mistakes. So one thing he does recommend is to, he recommends that this would do well with like a light roasted Kenyan or African coffee. Right. So I did, I used an Ethiopian coffee, but like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I've still been playing with the cone brewer so Mm -hmm. i did my batch not with a chemex filter i used the cone filter and uh while the coffee was kind of was nice on its own you know i tried some of it before adding any sweetener or putting it in the mason jar i i kind of regret not using the paper filter for a cleaner product so that was the first one the second is uh, my wife came in as i was filling up the cap of apple cider vinegar and i know you had already told me that you preferred it not so i was like uh I'm going to add just a little bit of a time or a little bit at a time and then try it and see, you know, what it's doing. And instead, I ended up filling up the cap, which was way more than I thought. It was like four and a half grams. But, <laughs> you know, I I wasn't mixing it in the ratio craft, craft which I should have been doing because more coffee was in that. I, w- I poured it into the mason jar first, which was until it was full, was really only like 850 um, grams yeah. of coffee. So... The sugar, I think, was I probably used 20 grams of, sh- of brown sugar, which was probably a little too amplified of sugar. And then I used too much apple cider vinegar, which is way more amplified on that. So I don't love the results, but yeah. I mean, I'm going to play with it again. I probably will, like you said, cut off the apple cider and, you know, I might switch to a white sugar instead of a cane, uh, the brown sugar, brown sugar. Or, or just yeah. use like sugar in the raw or something like that. I did um, agave syrup now. Yeah, I have that's, some of that I my, should use. Yeah, that's that's my preference. But agave syrup tends to be a lot more sweet, I think, mm-hmm. than sugar. So I that's I only use like ten grams of that when I when I brew it that way. I don't know. This a lot of this is really probably you know obscene to coffee purists. Like we're adding sugar to coffee, and we're adding. I mean, whatever. It's it it, it helps to to kind of offset some of the effects. And I think the result is really good. If you've never given it a try, it's really easy to make and you don't need like a crazy coil device wrapping through, you know, big vats of uh, ice water or anything like that. Just a Mason jar and a, and a big bath of water and 
or ice water and throw it in the fridge. Yeah, and last last episode, getting and kind of changing gears a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more shop oriented. But we we talked before and we were mentioning how affogato kind of was a thing, and maybe it was only a thing because we were doing it a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember They're, doing that a lot last time. All over the, the place now. They are, but you know what else seems to be all over the place is tapped and nitroed cold brew. It's funny because I feel like that was a thing back when we talked about cold coffee the last episode, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe we didn't even mention it. But well, in La Colombe's draft latte, though, that was that a thing that we do? We I don't even remember no, talking about that. And, I'm not, and not even the then. cans, though. I mean, yeah, the, you know, him tap. doing it in the shop, just being right. like this frothed milk coffee concoction that he's got on tap that has since even if we did talk about it, has since gotten into the canned market where right. you have these uh, canned coffees at a at a price point that's actually like better than a lot of canned uh, coffee drinks. And I know a lot of people that we follow online, they all kind of had, were kind of checking it out, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as it kind of rolled out. Yeah, it's uh, – I did end up having the uh, La Colombe – draft latte in a can and uh it was interesting i mean my wife enjoyed it i i thought it was fine um you know it's certainly not something i would drink all the time but yeah i could see why it would appeal to a lot of people i'd be interested to have it actually in a in a shop somewhere um versus actually yeah in the can so but yeah canned canned options for for all kinds of cold coffee are all over the place now too um yeah you know, and it, so have you, you you heard about Slate coming out with their new cans? I saw Maxwell's been kind of really, really excited about it, but I don't know much about what it is. I saw the cans, but I don't know much about the product itself. Yeah, I'm actually I'm checking it out on on their Twitter account, and they've got a a nice lineup of six different. Uh, they they even listed out in milliliters, which is really fancy of them. But uh, 330 milliliter. Uh, regular size 12 ounce cans uh from slate and they have a bunch of different options which is kind of cool they've got a an espresso and tonic a cold brew um a cold brew of a blend so that what they've actually done is like um they've listed out uh traceability information on the cans as well which is way more than you'd actually see from from a lot of other places you know you wonder like where does this coffee come from <laughs> all the questions we always ask about hot coffee they're trying to list out here on their cans, which is cool. So they've got a, a Nairi Kenyan uh, Othaya as a cold brew. They've got um, an El, El Salvador and Colombian blend as a cold brew. Um, and then they've also got a Nitro cold brew in a can. Um, and an Ethiopia, uh, looks like a... Chelbessa or something A Chelbessa like as, a, as a cold brew. And then they even have espresso and soda. So they've got espresso and tonic espresso Hmm. and soda um the same it appears to be the same uh blend of an ethiopian and brazilian coffee but one of them is tonic and one of them is soda so it's i definitely i'm never going to get out there but i would definitely i would definitely try that i don't you know but i I don't know if there's any feasible way of doing anytime soon because even traveling or trying to get something shipped like that i doubt oh yeah i'm sure you'd lose something well, I think there was even like when uh, La Colombe's draft lattes came out. I think there was 
a quite a few folks who actually ran into some issues in transit, like they got them and they were curdled or they weren't very good when yeah. they showed up or yeah. So I, you know, I don't know how fresh they're going to stay, but I would give it a whirl. You know, if I was local and I was, I was in the area, I'd, I'd totally give some of those things a try. Um, so if you're not, if you're not um, doing that Mason jar crash chill recipe, what other kind of cold, coffee drinks have you been making lately have they been have you changed from some of the things that you've been doing last year um i've done a bunch of stuff on the brewer um you know i've I've thrown a thrown a bunch of coffees into the brewer and uh you know really focused on hot blooming that um i recently got a a kyoto tower which is uh totally unnecessary and just ridiculous to have but you know, I ended up getting it at a really, really steep discount from a friend who was selling it. So I figured, hey, you know, I'd put that in my in my little studio and it, it's a conversation piece at the very least. But I've been brewing some some coffees on that. Um, so, yeah, that slow drip kind of cold brew option. Um, but no, aside from that, I've been making a lot of uh, iced mochas for my wife, which I know is pretty boring, but it's uh, that's been really fancy. So <laughs> aside from that, no, I mean, I, I usually it's just a, it's mostly that crash chilled Mason jar coffee and uh, a couple of slow drip cold brews here and there. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Wait, espresso and tonic. Yeah. I've, like, been, I drink, think... I've, I've been drinking a ton of espresso and tonic. What am I even talking about? Yeah. See, I don't, when we recorded last time, I, that wasn't even, I don't think a thing that I was doing. So you might've mentioned it, but I, anytime I tried tonic, you know, water, is it, is it called tonic water? Tonic water before. I just never really was a fan of it. And anytime I tried an espresso tonic, I wasn't really jiving with it, but then I don't remember where I tried it. No, I took it by suggestion. I think I took it by uh, suggestion from, it was either Brandon Paul Weaver or it was someone else. It was someone out on the West who was, they said in their shop, they were doing like an Ethiopian espresso with elderflower tonic from mm. fever tree yeah and so i've looked for that stuff here locally i can't oh find my gosh it's so good <laughs> so i'm uh so i'm a big fan and i think it makes it's just so sweet that i think it it it's the sweetness outweighs that weird taste that you get from tonic and so uh, i've i've had a lot of good experiences doing espresso tonics with that nice and um yeah yeah, but you've you've had a couple of various um, tonics that you've been able to play with. So you've had good results just with straight tonic, espresso and tonic? Yeah, just straight espresso and tonic. And then there's a little place, uh, it's, I think they make all sorts of different uh, mixers and things here in town. It's a, yeah, iconic cocktail company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they make a bunch of mixers and things. And, and I had recently at this little shop um, in uh, in a town nearby, I had... Uh, a nitro cold brew that was spiked with their um, sort of what is it? It's uh, spiced honey. That ah, stuff is good. It, I mean, it's not alcoholic, whatever. But boy, I mean, it was. It's it's got a bite to it. It's if you look at the ingredient list on it, there's just tons of like different types of peppers and and spices and things, and then it, obviously honey and some other things like that. And so it's sweet and it's got a little burn to it. Um, and it's a I don't know. It's a crazy good pairing with. 
um, with both cold brew and espresso and tonic. And I've even made a few cappuccinos with it. Been super tasty. But mm. yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's definitely an option. And then there's places like that doing like bitters and all sorts of different cocktail mixers or things like that that you could always start playing with and, and making your own sig bevs at home. That's right. Yeah. Another one you were talking about making iced mochas for your wife. One thing that I've been, I was drinking a lot of them too, to be honest, but I was making a lot of uh, iced agave lattes. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, agave iced lattes, however you want to say it. But mm. just, uh, you know, milk, ice, and agave syrup with espresso in it. Man, that that was pretty nice. I tried one thing, and it was funny because it was actually in the same article from Prima that we referenced last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you go all the way down to the bottom of their article, um, recently I tried making my own bubbly coffee at home with a, an ISI whipper or like one of those whipper jars, right. whip, whipped cream dispensers, um, whipped cream siphon. I don't, they're called like a hundred different things. But anyway, yeah. So you recently, uh, maybe a couple months ago, you basically just throw a bunch of sort of finely ground, medium ground coffee in it. Um, give it a little hot bloom, uh, and then fill it up with cool water. You screw on the top, and then you you charge it with a couple of nitrous oxide chargers, and then dump it in a dump it in a bath of ice water and stick it in the fridge for a while. And when it comes out, it's like totally bubbly and uh, mm-hmm. really sort of icy, and oh, it's super good. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I was a big fan of that. Although I don't, I haven't really done that very very much since then, so I don't know why. Yeah, Steadfast in Nashville, they've got their matchless coffee soda, which is, you know, it's like the flash-chilled coffee that's um, on, and was it, CO2, mm-hmm. right? And so that and that's something, too. We've got a, a new link that Prima posted. Our, our buddy Steve Reinhardt has, has some other, we kind of alluded to it in the very beginning, but some iced coffee drinks that are actually like a lot more interesting. And that's kind of the reason why I actually even wanted to bring this topic up is some newer, like kind of ice based uh, coffee drinks to kind of get you away maybe from just typical cold brew. And he, yeah, he talks about that and he's using one of those whipping siphons with CO2 Yeah, and you know, he's, he's, and I even remember watching a little uh, periscope video that they did making it too, where they would, you know, they chill. He used the coil but you know, chilling the coffee and then um, putting it in that and uh, the whipping siphon, and then just charging it up a little bit, and you know, having yourself a a cool coffee soda. And I tell you what, though, that um, Steadfast has two drinks. One, I'll talk about it, even though it's not really uh, cold. But the Atlas, it's a it's a hot beverage, but it's got a cold cream to it, mm. and it sits on top of the hot coffee. So it's like this incredible drinking experience of like this cold cream and then the warm co- coffee comes through <laughs> and that just awesome. Oh my gosh. But that, I mean, it's like if you go there and you get the Atlas and the matchless coffee soda, like your brain will explode <laughs> trying to figure out which you prefer <laughs> because that's that matchless coffee soda is so good and it's nice. so refreshing. And I, and again, I mean, that's kind of what we want to, that's what we wanted this episode to mainly be about. You know, some of the cold brews and stuff, those aren't necessarily as refreshing of drinks. Um, yeah. 
But uh, some of these newer things with, you know, with uh, another thing that you'll see in the Prima article, but something I've been making lately uh, b- based off of, and I, I mean, I've talked about on this podcast too a little bit, but uh, espresso lemonade. Yeah, it's right at the top. Right. Yeah. And so, but what's neat about this, I, I saw, I thought I saw Stumptown do it, but if not, I know that um, Prima's got it on their article because I didn't really think about this. So when I, I'm doing it, I'm doing espresso with lemonade and Mm -hmm. this is this is actually interesting they're doing a cold brew lemonade so what's so easy about this if you want just something different is that one i mean it talks about how you can make the 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 lemonade essentially yourself with lemon juice simple syrup and water right but you could also just get whatever kind of uh, lemonade that you want. And this is kind of a, just a, a twist on an Arnold Palmer, right? It's lemonade instead of lemonade and tea, it's lemonade and coffee. Sure. And what, you know, I, I was doing it with espresso and I didn't think about it, but cold brew would be really nice because I was, when I was making them, I was pairing it with like an Ethiopian espresso. And I could imagine to some, it would be very acidic yeah, because of both the espresso component and the yeah. lemon component. And then when I saw... This with like the Stumptown um, uh, cold brew bottles. Now those little glass uh, stubby bottles are. It's a re- it's one of those chocolatey, yeah. thick, like not very acidic, mm-hmm. um, coffees. And so I've yet to try this, but I'm really interested in trying it because I'm wondering if it will be a more balanced drink than well, what I was doing with the espresso lemonade. And I think that's, you know, oftentimes a lot of the complaints people have about cold brew, kind of like we alluded to, is, you know, lacking a bit of acidity, you know, not really having a whole lot of complexity. And if you're already going to be adding it to another component like lemonade, um, you know, it seems like that would kind of account for some of the, you know, what might be missing in cold brew and right. lots of cold brew. So I don't... That seems like something that I'm going to be trying. Well, and aside from that, too, at least, you know, so locally, you asked if I had any uh, local treats. But I so when I was down in Dallas, I was out of a region where I could get slingshot coffee. Mm. And now they've kind of really gotten into a lot of shops around. And so now they're in a lot of Whole Foods and stuff. And they're in my I'm sure they're in other stores, too. But I did see them in the, the Whole Foods here in Kentucky. And I'm fairly certain right now it's an Ethiopian. So whenever I go to the store next, I'm probably going to be picking up both one of the Stumptown bottles and one of the the Slingshot bottles because I want to I want to see, you know, the difference in preparing those one with that more chocolatey, less acidic uh, coffee. And then one with one that's prepared a little bit more, a little brighter, a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, interesting. Right. Yeah, it's um, I love this article, by the way, that their photos are great. But uh, one of the things that. Uh, I just keep coming back to in this in this Prima article is the uh, coconut and macadamia ice latte. Oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> it looks That's so what good. I, th- I, t- I tweeted this out the other day too. Is like all this article is so tough to read because I want every yeah. drink about it. I mean, it's yeah. oh. well, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and then coconut and macadamia. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like the so. Uh. <laughs> that's like summertime in a bottle and dairy free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I'm, keep going. Yeah. A- anyway, no, I, I. This is definitely a good article to check out, and and I haven't actually, I didn't even get a chance to see this before the episode aired, so I'm sort of staring at it as we go. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of crazy, cool, interesting concoctions. Cool, no pun intended. 
that you can come up with. And it seems like people are doing stuff like this all the time. Um, and so if you have an interesting recipe that you've come across or something that you enjoy, something you find refreshing, um, interesting discussion. Uh, I think Seth Mills yesterday uh, was talking uh, to somebody on Twitter about how sometimes like coffee beverages when it's hot outside aren't super refreshing. Um, and you know, that's definitely the opinion of a lot of people. Um, so, you know, we, we'd love to hear it. Like, do you like to drink coffee when it's hot outside or do you like to find interesting ways to make coffee when it's hot outside or what, you know, what's going on, uh, what's going on in your kitchen when it's super summery and, uh, and you have to make something refreshing. Is it coffee? Is it not coffee? Is it a version of coffee? Or are you just sitting there with your uh, with your affogato? Man, I love affogato. There's a lot of talk about cold coffee preparations, and I'm not even necessarily here as an advocate saying, hey, it's hot. This is what you should be doing. But it's fun, especially now. Like I think reading this Prima article and stuff, it just got me kind of excited about different ways that you can prepare and still get some of those really fun refreshing flavors and and have that be a component you know but i mean yep. again i also am a big tea drinker so yep. you know it's a good time for iced tea and stuff like that frappuccinos oh yeah and the waffle cone frappuccino it's a great time for the waffle cone frappuccino is that actually a thing i don't i think <laughs> i mean i've been disconnected it, from starbucks i can't for pretend a very long like time. i don't know i have had about three of them <laughs> so it is a thing that's awesome um We'd love to hear your cold coffee stories. You know, if if there's a, a cool kind of coffee cocktail or coffee thing you want to try, if any of these things are new, you know, check out the articles that are in the show notes. And if there's any of those that uh, you get a chance to try out, you know, even substituting like an espresso for, you know, doing an, an AeroPress brew or or a stubby um, brew, a stubby brew or something like that. I've done like that a couple times. I've done I've, I haven't done the post fill on the stubby and just thrown it over ice. Yep. That works great. Super tasty. Let us know if you have any luck with some of these things. I'm I'm fortunate enough that all I have to do is drive down the road and I can ask Steve to make me some of these drinks now. Man. So Super hopefully lucky. I'll be able to do that before we record next. Yeah. Now I will I will go ahead and say though too this this particular episode uh, talking about cold coffee is a is a micro point of a larger topic that is can get very heated. Oh man! In regards to craft coffee or specialty coffee and so brian and i was were initially wanting to tackle a topic about specialty coffee and then i thought to myself let's wait on that because i've got somebody in mind that i'd like to get on the show to talk about this with us and this just be let's bring up cold coffee again and then that allows people to kind of have that fresh on the mind uh see some of these uh new things you could do with it and then you know maybe here in the next episode or two get get back into this topic of specialty coffee craft coffee and does cold coffee have a place in that 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 is the question if if you have been listening to this episode and you've been fired up by the fact that we are talking about things that advocate adding milk and sugar and all sorts of terrible things to your coffee and you're, you're very angry at us, well, stay tuned because in a couple of episodes, uh, you'll probably just unsubscribe to the podcast because right. it's going to be great. 
Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a religious argument, right? It's a it's a hotly debated topic. Everybody's at that that that. Let's save it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are I Brew My Own Coffee on Instagram. We are on Twitter at Brew My Own Coffee. You can check out our website and the show notes for this episode at ibrewmyowncoffee.com slash 45. If you have any questions, you need some help, you want us to connect you to somebody, or uh, you just have some suggestions for the show, you can send us a message through our website. Click the contact us link at the top of the page. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And you know what? It's hot outside. So brew something chilly. Stay cool, everybody. Stay cool, everybody.